But when we talk to the supply chain people, which is what we've been doing in our podcast, they're saying that the leaders are missing the mark. They're not seeing that it's it's not just a technical or a process issue. They're also seeing that it's truly a people issue. And are we valuing the people who are in those roles of supply chain in the way that's going to encourage the next generation to want to be in the supply chain. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome to this special episode. I'm excited to cover a topic I haven't covered yet in all the many episodes I've done. And it's supply chain. Um, Of course, it's been in the news a lot. It seems like it became more popular, especially during the pandemic. As one of my guests mentioned before we started recording, You know, it used to be hard to explain to people, but now everybody knows a lot more about supply chain because of toilet paper. Our economy depends on supply chain, and it's a vital part of every business. But there are a lot of challenges and inefficiencies that are tough to tackle. And what's interesting is that the root cause of supply chain issues isn't necessarily technology or processes. It's actually related to people, as my guest will explain. You know, it always goes back to people issues, right? The good news, though, is that in your leadership role, you can make a direct impact on that. So I'm thrilled to introduce a couple of experts you need to know in the field of supply chain to talk about these issues. Together, they have decades of experience in the automotive industry. And more importantly, they have resources and solutions to help auto manufacturers and suppliers. Kathy Fisher is founder and president of Quistom. She has over 35 years of respected expertise in the automotive industry, helping manufacturers throughout the automotive supply chain find hidden money in their operations. She helps them eliminate customer complaints permanently and develop a proactive quality culture to achieve rapid business growth. Kathy has worked with over 80 of the top 100 global OEM suppliers as well throughout the automotive supply chain, helping these organizations turn their management systems into money-making machines. Her approach to developing a proactive quality culture has been described as a license to print money in their design and manufacturing operations. I also have with me Terry Onika, and she's Director of Automotive at QAD. Terry is responsible for global marketing activities for the automotive vertical. Terry works with customers to drive best practices and earn preferred supplier status. Prior to joining her organization, Terry worked at GM, Ford, and Johnson Controls. And as she mentions, she is a mentor at Wayne State University for supply chain students who will be first-generation graduates. So together, Kathy and Terry have an industry-specific podcast called Auto Supply Chain Profits, and that's spelled P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S. So you might want to check that out, as well as the 24 Essential Supply Chain Processes as a resource that they'll talk about. So this is a great episode to share with any leader you know in supply chain and or any executive who might benefit by learning more about supply chain issues and the effect on the bottom line in their business. 
anyone who wants to find the hidden money. Enjoy my conversation with Kathy Fisher and Terry Onika. Kathy and Terry, welcome to CEO on the go. Thank you so much, Gail. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm so excited that there are two of you here, really impressed with the background that both of you bring, and to have the opportunity to talk about supply chain issues, because uh, it's been front and center in the news and in business for a, a long time now, over the past couple of years, especially. And I would love to hear your take, especially on the people side of supply chain, because I know that that's an emphasis on this podcast. Um, and we can co- we can cover a lot of other issues as well. But I just wanted to start there and talk about, you know, what it is that you're seeing. I know you all have done a lot of research in that area. So to maybe speak to what you're seeing and some of the competencies and and that kind of thing that are most important in supply chain today. Thank you, Gail. We started our research in the supply chain well before COVID disrupted everybody's lives. And we recognized, especially in the automotive sector that we both work in, that supply chain had been an ongoing issue, disruptions that were impacting something as practical as people being able to get their cars repaired at the service centers, at the dealerships, you know, not having the parts, the service parts available. And uh, from that recognition, we really dug into researching what were some of the mechanisms or causes, root causes behind those supply chain issues. And um, not surprisingly, (laughs) one of the things we recognized was um, having to do with people. You know, certainly we recognize sometimes that processes, especially in technical industries, are the driving factor. But even before COVID, we were experiencing a significant loss of the brain trust or the talent in the automotive space, um, really even coming out of the economic downturn 2008-2009. And uh, one of the areas that really has suffered a loss of brain trust tremendously is in the supply chain for a number of reasons, um, one of which is that many automotive manufacturers outsource their supply chain uh, functions over the past several decades and has not been the opportunity to develop those internal competencies. Um, Now, I would say COVID has only accelerated our woes from a supply chain standpoint, not just in automotive, across the board. We're seeing this, of course, in every industry sector you can imagine. And, you know, it's it's kind of um, amplified the work that we were doing before COVID around the importance of supply chain, especially in the automotive sector. And um, this year in particular, we've had the opportunity to have some very deep conversations with guests on our own podcast, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. And interestingly, every single one of those conversations has circled back to people and not only the competencies. So we tend to think about technical competencies, especially in manufacturing environments, um, but also just the way that we treat people (laughs) and whether or not we are actually valuing people and the contributions that they can bring to the organization And unfortunately, supply chain in our industry, in the automotive industry, has tended to always been um, pushed to the side, therefore outsourced, and not really given the attention um, or the perspective of the value that it can bring to the bottom line of the business. And therefore, as a result, there hasn't been as much um, focus on developing the competencies or really engaging the people in the supply chain aspects of the business 
um, as uh, value contributors to the business and as bottom line as well. Yeah, but that's something that you're seeing shift now with more emphasis or more awareness on that? Well, I think people are talking about it. I think <laughs> okay. I th- so. I would say that there's a raised awareness, and uh, in so much as that supply chain in of itself, there's raised awareness around it. I would say the more apparent conversations out there are around the technical aspects of the supply chain failures that we've seen. But when we talk to the supply chain people, which is what we've been doing in our podcast, they're saying that the leaders are missing the mark. They're not seeing that it's it's not just a technical or a process issue. They're also seeing that it's truly a people issue. And are we valuing the people who are in those roles of supply chain in the way that's going to encourage the next generation to want to be in the supply chain? We've really seen the same thing in manufacturing that there was a lack of um you know, kind of emphasis on the value that manufacturing and those technical on the shop floor jobs could bring to um, the economy and to our society. And therefore, many generations have, you know, never even considered that as a viable career path. And I think we've suffered the same thing in the supply chain as well. Yeah, Terry, what were you going to say? You know, when you look at it, Kathy and I believe it's back to people, processes, and technology. And so what the problem is right now is we, the people, right? We need to get people educated on supply chain. There's been such a huge turnover. So that's why Kathy and I have been really focused on, we got to get people educated. We have to give them training once they understand supply chain, because there's so many new entrants. Now we can start working on processes. And when we work on processes, then how can we leverage technology? But when you think about the complex issues that we have today, there's no way we're going to solve these issues without people, processes, and technology to really go forward like we need to in the future. We can't continue to survive on on manual processes like Kathy and like I'd like to say like spreadsheets. We need to really get people back to the basics again to advance businesses in the futures. And one of the things we really think is important is CEOs really need to understand this. They are not going to get to where they need to be by continuing to do the same thing that we do today. We have to make changes. Mm-hmm. So I was curious to know, going back to some of the research and your observations, when you talk about the, the people skills and the competencies that need to be developed, are there certain skills or competencies that stand out as being most important right now, especially in supply chain? Because I'm, I'm sure there, you know, there are many to consider, but what's most important right now? Yeah, I would say in our industry sector, in particular in automotive, it's an understanding of the industry because the industry, um, you know, has has a long history, even over a hundred years. But at the same time, our industry is in a huge transformation right now. We're moving away from internal combustion engines to electric vehicles and eventually autonomous vehicles. And hey, electrification and autonomous uh, autonomy is really about technology, and so it's shifting the equation of what type of technical competencies need to be brought forward for the industry to to survive and and going into the future. And once again, we're not looking at, uh, we're not seeing the industry leaders looking at the application of technology in the supply chain space. They're only looking at it in the product itself, the vehicles, um, possibly on the on the shop floor and the manufacturing. They're missing that that benefit of automating and leveraging technology in the supply chain. So imagine, you know, a young person 
comes out of school and starts working in a, in a manufacturing organization like a car manufacturer. And they're told, well, we're going to schedule production using an Excel spreadsheet or go track your inventory using an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> or yeah. send an Excel spreadsheet to the supplier telling them, you know, how many parts we need next week. And the young people look at that and they're like, yeah, okay, they get Excel spreadsheets. I mean, it's a lot better than, you know, carrier pigeon or calling somebody and faxing them. But still, it's like, um, well, isn't there a better way? I mean, they're introduced to a level of technology in their schooling today that is so much more sophisticated than what we're using in these technology-driven manufacturing organizations. And so right away, we disenfranchise those young people from even wanting to pursue a career because the ones who do get in and see, oh, this is what the reality is. These these folks are still living like in the 19th century. Well, maybe it's more the 20th century. Um, and, And they don't see that there's any place for them and on top of that, and I think this is really where the leaders have an opportunity to change the dialogue, is they're not being listened to. Young people are bringing ideas forward, but because our old-fashioned way was you had to have seniority to have a voice, and that's still being projected from the leadership, the young people are like, well, why do I have to build seniority before I'm going to be listened to? I've got some ideas. I want to bring them forward. I'll understand if they're not, you know, we can't do something with them now, but at least hear me out, right? And can you imagine you come out of college and you go to your first job in a manufacturing facility and look at a black screen or a green screen? (laughs) (laughs) You don't even know what those are. That's that's really old. I (laughs) mentor supply chain students and it it just blows their mind. They're so used to using their cell phone. This is just like so archaic. And Kathy and I really believe, and I lived uh, a job in supply chain. I used to work for an automotive seating company. And, you know, we were, you know, quality would get money, R&D would get money, and then supply chain, just get those products there in time and don't get us any penalties by the customer, right? We never put the time into supply chain. So for me personally, I was not shocked where we're at when COVID came along because we just have never paid any attention to it. So Kathy is really right. We got to we gotta really make sure we get these young college students aware of automotive processes so that they can help us to hopefully implement this newer technologies that I think often maybe the older generation like myself, the boomers, were a little bit afraid to do those upgrades or to, to enhance our system. This next gen- generation, give it to them. They want to do that. Yeah. And I, I guess, too, that's the case for integrating more soft skills, making sure people understand how to communicate well, how to listen, how to engage. Uh, so yeah, just a shout out for all of those important skills, too, that can get lost sometimes. So well, and I, and I, I don't want to mention too about the soft skills, because I feel like there is a generation, the millennials get the soft skills, because they're, I almost see that that generation, the millennial generation, was brought up in a technology age, but still there was enough recognition or discussion around um, technology can't change or can't fix everything, can't overtake everything. And they tend to be at least the ones that we've interacted with uh, a lot more um, focused on how am I being supported in those soft skills so that I can develop into a leader that can really make a difference, not just to the bottom line, but to the people that 
are you know in my organization to bring them along and prepare them for the next generation as well. So I I love to see the millennials that are really pushing on our generation, the the Gen X and and the baby boomers, and saying you know hey um, don't forget about the people skills. Even though you're a technology organization or manufacturing organization, people are what's behind all of these all of this technology. And if you're not considering user interfaces. So we think about the green screens, right? Or the black screens. I mean, that's all about user interface. And they'll point it out They're They're like, you know, no, I, I'm, I'm not able to connect and do my best work here because I'm not, um, the, this is not built for me. <laughs> this is not, this is not built for me to be able to bring my best self forward. So let's change it so that um, it, it works for the user. And it's not just the end user, it's the user even inside of an organization. And I know that uh, even the students that I mentor, they're amazed at how many systems they have to go into to, to get them done. I go here into this system to do just this portion. And then I go into this spreadsheet and I go into this system. So, you know, while we think we're so technology advanced, when it comes to plant systems, we couldn't be more further behind, in my in my opinion. We have a lot of work to do. Lots of work to do, which brings me to focus on strategy development. That's an, an area that I focus on a lot in the work that I do and strategy development across industries. So I was curious to know what you see going on in terms of strategy related to supply chain. And I was really curious, to, uh, you say money is made in the supply chain, not just on the shop floor. So I'm sure listeners want to know where is the money and how to strategy fit in? That was that was our premise that really came about, like, I'd say, um, five, six years ago, when we first started exploring supply chain in the automotive industry, not only were we looking at all of the, the failures of getting parts, whether it be at the service center at the dealerships, or just getting vehicles out the door for sale on uh, dealer lots, we were looking at the fact that organizations were really missing the opportunity to leverage the money that's available in their supply chain. Now, all we have to do is look to Amazon. Amazon is a supply chain organization. They make all of their money through the supply chain. And I think, um, Terry, I did the numbers and what was it? $33,000 a second? Something like that. It was, yeah, I mean, oh, it's wow. insane. That's they made, amazing. They made so much Last year, they made, I want to say it's some extraordinary, like in the billions, I I screwed up calculations, honestly, got on my iPhone because it was so many zeros. It just, my my phone pinged, right? But I think it worked out to like $33,000 a second, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days last year only that Amazon made. Amazon is a supply chain organization. $33,000 a second. Hello, I want in on that kind of money. We're not making that making cars. I can tell you that right now. And if our focus is solely on, oh, look at my great technology that I'm bringing out, but we're not thinking about how do we get that technology in the right place, in the right quantity, at the right time, and of course, also in the right quality, then we miss, we miss that opportunity of $33,000 a second. And we've been astounded, even as we've struggled, you know, coming out of COVID with all of these supply chain disruptions, the rhetoric, the dialogue that we're hearing from CEOs of these, you know, leading automotive manufacturers is not about the supply chain. They're, They're still only talking about the technology, their product that they're bringing out and the technology in their manufacturing process. And they're not talking about 
how do I leverage technology to become a supply chain organization that provides these technologically advanced transportation options? One of the things that Kathy and I firmly believed believe is we have to break the silos between quality, supply chain, and IT. They're are traditionally so siloed within an organization. How do you go about doing that? Well, you know, that's one thing that we really talk about is to get the CEOs to understand that they need to, number one, break those silos, that they're not talking together like maybe they think they are are doing. And then the next thing, what Kathy and I have been doing is we get together with organizations. We have what we call our 24 essential supply chain processes. And they're the most compelling um, processes that have been, we've vetted a lot with a lot of automotive OEMs and suppliers, but really look at those key intersection points between quality and supply chain and then get IT in the room. So Kathy and I have had discussions with different companies across different industries. And we say, you pick three. They usually want to say, we'll pick five. Can we pick five? We'll say, no, just pick three. And we're just stunned at what they find out. Like, very basic things like in their ERP, there was a different methodology that they could be using that's more efficient, but the menu was turned off in the ERP system. They didn't even know till we started having these discussions with all three in the same room, because if you keep them all separate, they don't know what they don't know, right? But when you get them in the room and then you start talking about industry best practice and what you should do, we are finding all kinds of benefits. They used our 24 essential supply chain processes at a life sciences manufacturer, and that helped to justify their upgrade for their new ERP because they realized how far behind they were. And the other interesting thing that they told me is that they realized that they were neglecting supply chain because of the process Kathy and I put them through to really look at that. So we really are thinking, tear down these silos, get these 24 processes in front of them, get the discussions together, and you're going to find all kinds of ways that you can improve your organization. Yeah, and, and where we've, uh, I just want to mention that where we've actually seen it. So those 24 essential supply chain processes are really about where the money is in the supply chain. So if you're, if there's any, if there's any question like where is that money sitting, it's in these 24 essential supply chain processes. But one of the things we did notice from this work that we've been doing with these organizations is when we have top leadership, it may not always be the CEO, maybe it's a plant manager or operations manager, but when they're sitting in the room with IT quality and supply chain, they're the ones who are most excited about breaking down those silos because they're they're actually seeing them like they're like, so how is how did this happen that my departments aren't talking to each other? And and what are we doing from an organizational standpoint that's reinforcing this separation instead of that full integration? Yeah. And why do we have this answer right at our fingertips? And we didn't even know we shut it off. Yeah, <laughs> we had no We had no clue it was even available to us for free, right? They didn't have to purchase anything. It was sitting right there that they could use every day, but they didn't know. And we even found CIOs that started to get nervous that are brand new too, because we've had all this, you know, transition in the workforce. They're like, they're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, what, what's turned off that I don't know about now that I've taken on this new position. So, but you don't discover that until you start sitting down having those discussions and have leadership really push the issue and really want the answers in those discussions. Yeah. And so for people who are curious, what are the 24 essential supply chain processes? You all have created a resource, right? So tell us more about that. What, Where can people find that? And what does that entail? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we would encourage them to visit autosupplychainprofits.com. That's actually the website where we house our Auto Supply Chain Profits podcast. And the podcast is where we've been interviewing guests across the automotive industry and even beyond to get their perspective on the supply chain. And on that site, they'll also find a link to our eBooks, uh, Delivering on the Promise of Delivery, which is the research work that we did um, starting just before COVID. And then we released those books last year. Um, so they can get that. And then within those uh, eBooks, we also describe the 24 essential supply chain processes. Okay, fantastic, yeah. And one other thing I wanted to mention too, so a couple things regarding training these processes. So. Kathy and I sit down with organizations just to walk them through, let's have the conversation, the assessment. Um, then the Automotive Industry Action Group, AIAG, um, AIAG.org, I would watch for them probably mid next year. They are looking to develop a supply chain basics course based on our 24 topics. So we're really excited about that. That would allow uh, an organization, a plant manager to send their people to this class to make sure they have that basic understanding of those classes. And then Kathy, do you want to tell them about the course that you're offering that's a nice follow-up after that? Yeah, absolutely. So our organization is really about getting organizations or getting manufacturers into action of applying what they're learning. So we take those 24 essential supply chain processes in, struct in a structured way, work with a cross-functional group within a manufacturer to help them explore what the status of those 24 essential supply chain processes is in their business currently and where there's opportunities, of course, breaking down those silos, really creating that integration, um, seamless integration across their business and applying automation to be able to deliver on the promise of delivery as well. And we did those recently with one of our customers, they're an electric vehicle truck manufacturer. And their goal in the class was they had a lot of new IT people and very few really understood the automotive industry. So they sat down and we went through this training and boy, did they get an education, right? They really started to learn the intersection. Kathy and I are real sticklers on industry best practice. So we're going to tell you whether that would really meet compliance, whether it's quality or delivery. And so at the end of that class, they just said that really raised their, their knowledge and awareness. And we talked about how they were applying those processes within their organization. So they really felt it was super helpful to have that. So it's nice that AIAG will have the concepts, really. And then what Kathy's doing at Quistum is that follow on, okay, now I'm ready help me with my data and my, and in my organization to really improve these processes. Got it. And we'll include uh, the links in the show notes as well to the resources that you're mentioning. But before I let you go, I just wanted to for you all to touch on kind of the outlook for supply chain over the next year or so. What are the trends, uh, conditions, events, developments that are affecting supply chain that people most need to know about and be prepared for? Well, I'd love to say that we could wave a magic wand and all of this craziness is going to go away. My belief is that it's only going to continue. Um, you know, we talk about the semiconductor shortage that, of course, has plagued the automotive industry for the past two years now. And there's hopes that it's just it's going to resolve itself. If not semiconductors, it'll always be something else. And, you know, as we're moving towards electrification, we're already bumping up against issues with raw materials um, being, being a, a scarcity as well. So I think organizations, especially CEOs and organizations, really need to prepare for a continuation of chaos. <laughs> 
and it and it and it really means um, having you know having your team um, well well versed first of all at what it takes for the organization to be successful in making money, um, understanding what's critical in terms of the processes and you know leveraging technology to integrate those processes. But most importantly, it's going to be leaders having a compelling vision of the future that they want to take the organization and bringing their people along with them, um, regardless of what's happening in the supply chain. That's that's really where we see it's going to happen. Yeah. So glad to hear you say that, even unprompted, because I say that I think in almost every other podcast episode I do is the importance of creating a compelling vision. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, good. Well, um, any any other action that you all suggest that supply chain leaders take or, you know, other leaders? I think that what we've talked about today actually has application in other industries as well, you know, breaking silos and increasing communication, emphasis on soft skills. But is there any other specific action that you would suggest that supply chain leaders take? Yeah, well, we, we would love for supply chain leaders and CEOs, really anybody in organizations to check out our podcast. It's at um, autosupplychainprofits.com. Um, you can also get the Auto Supply Chain Profits podcast on Apple and Spotify and any other listening places that you go for a podcast. And, um, you know, really take a look at your organization's supply chain, because we honestly believe that the future is in the supply chain. It's really about having the right products in the right place at the right time. And it's even going to be true in a service from a service perspective as well. So the, the money is made in the supply chain. And I, again, it's back to people, processes, and technology. And I, I would encourage any CEO to get these groups together to see where you really, really stand in your organization. And I think they will be quite stunned at what they see. So again, break those silos, really focus on it. And I, I just said this in another conference a few weeks ago, be like Amazon, you know, think like Amazon, right? We need to be fast and nimble. We have to figure out how to get information down the supply chain quickly. Uh, so that's my recommendation. Good. Well, I know there are challenges or more chaos ahead, but I think what you've shared today can make the path a little bit easier. So I so appreciate your time and sharing your expertise and experience with us today. So thank you both, Kathy and Terry, for joining me. Thank you, Gail. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Gail. Good. And for everyone else listening today, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.